0: Hello and welcome to the Ion Cannon podcast, your home on the Culture Slate Network for the lore of the canon, the High Republic of the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, I'm, my name is Matthew Neugebauer and I am joined, not by Joel, this is a special Ion Cannon Eyes on Screen episode looking back at Kenobi number chapter 5. Uh, as you can see, I am joined by my buddy Din of F105 just across town. Din, welcome to Ion Cannon. Hey Matt,
1: great to be here. Long time no see.
0: <laughs> it's been uh, been been a few weeks. Been a few weeks. Sorry, well, There we go. Falling to uh, the dark side again. Falling to the dark side. Some of the light, you know. You know. You know Playing with lighting. <laughs> there we go. All right. So yeah, this is uh, Ion Cannon. We're just gonna get this up here. Okay, we got we've got our Ion Cannon. One of the things that is canon, of course, is uh, a certain Disney Plus series called Obi Wan mm-hmm. Kenobi. Um, you know, you may have heard of it. Uh, Chapter five, part five, whatever they're calling it. Uh, has been released you can see that on disney plus we loved it both both did and i we, we we loved this episode and uh, wanted to just fire up the old youtube and talk about it uh and you know just everything we loved about it one little nitpick we might have but uh <laughs> other than that yeah it's definitely really gonna dive in but before we do that before we do that did you got your guitar there you are uh you're you're a professional musician you have a new album coming out uh, tell us all about the new album and uh, you know, F105. And you know, and if, you, if you're so inclined, play us a song. Oh, right off the bat, yeah, why not? Um,
1: so or the get, new album, get called- oh. first, Go for it, <laughs> yeah. I've got a matcha green tea
0: going, yeah. Maybe, maybe try, try leaning back a little bit. There we go, lean go. back to get the light, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I well, think, yeah, anyway, yeah sorry, oh, there we go. Okay, we'll move. Yeah, I might have to take the hat off just yeah. so everyone knows the hat that I'm wearing, even though I have three lights one in front, one behind, one above. When I put the hat on, somehow yeah. it somehow makes my auto camera function go dark.
0: It's like in the mix of uh, a dark side mask but also the soul of Cad Bane coming into you. (laughs) Anyway, so talk about F105, talk about the new album, and then uh, talk about what song you're going to play for us.
1: Oh, Cad Bane because of the hat. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what what am I going to play? What do you want me to play?
0: I don't know. What do you want to (laughs) play?
1: Probably something off the new EP because I'm supposed to promote that.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) There we go. Oh, my God. This light. (laughs) We're <laughs> okay, so
1: uh, right going to play toys on Minuax. Right
0: on. casino. Mm-hmm.
1: This light is driving me bonkers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sort this out. <laughs> okay, like, if I take the hat off. Yeah, it's yeah. this, got this autofocus thing going on. I don't know. Should I just not wear the hat? Yeah, I just don't wear the hat. You know, just ditch the soul of the cat being. He doesn't, you don't need to... A-
1: Sorry. Okay, so I'm going to play Toys on uh, the new Epiphone Casino. How
0: does that sound? Sounds great to me.
1: Yeah, the new album's called f 1053 3 It's got three songs on it.
0: <laughs> that works? That works. third release.
1: This is the first song called Toys. Oh, I'm dark again. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll perform the whole song like this, like a statue. There we go. I moved. Now boarding AC 787 to LA. My friends Kareem on it, Sheldon Norton, and his son Chase.
2: Oh, Transfer my memories Into a screen I'll be a child again Just let me dream And as the monkey swing We can't be anything But there's nothing now we have to do Hey Patrick Patrick's in the house So we make some noise I, I brought my toys It's over the bother. I get further I don't grow. So we make some noise. Patrick by his toys. It seems the farther I get the further I don't go. It seems the smarter I get the more I know I
0: don't know. All right. And that was Toys by Din of F-105. Trying to sort out all this layout there. Din, uh, yeah, tell us. F-105. I've,
1: I've, I've been deciding that I'm just F-105, you know. All right. Because, but no one wants to go on tour with me. <laughs> I just go alone.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. You just uh, came back from a Los Angeles tour. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I feel like I had, um, you know, three weeks of experiences in about 10 days. Nice. <laughs> um, everything at celebration from meeting, you know, John Favreau and, and him giving me permission to tell everyone that Din Djarin is named after me. Yep. And the truth, <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: All I'm going to say is that I have
0: permission to say that. There we go. Yeah. I mean, I noticed, uh, you, is this the first song? I just want to ask here. I think it's the first song you've explicitly named star Wars names. At least in and Luke could be anybody. <laughs>
1: true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so tell us about the album, uh, F-105-3, you mentioned it has three songs, um, three as in the Roman numerals. I This is a tradition between you and I when you come to my podcast. I start to think, oh yeah, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if there's anything there, but, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> I just decided to number my my albums yeah. with the second release of F-105 and called it two. So um, the first one, that, which was self-titled, is now F-105-1, posthumously. There we go. And this one is F-105-3.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly,
1: it died. <laughs> it is a... Sorry. I decided the next one will be four songs and called F-105-4 because okay. the title came to me today. Yeah. Kanata, The World, yes. The Universe, and Beyond. Nice. And then each one of those will be a song title. Kanata,
0: The World, oh, Okay. The universe, and As in K-A-N-A-T-A. Yeah. Yeah, which happens to be a municipality in the auto area but the original name for uh yeah the, the indigenous it's an indigenous
1: word so yeah that'll be I used, usually like to have indigenous at least one indigenous sort of theme song on an album so mm-hmm. that'll be yeah. and I think the universe will be in brackets called Star Walker. Anyway so, that's a, yeah. that's a 1054 we don't need to go there.
0: There we go we got a little bit of a preview of that there we go uh I do want to show it to, to Patrick who who bought his he bought his toys He's about his toy. Um, that's, that's great. Uh, uh, getting oh. into being an avid collector himself. Uh, I mean, well, on that. note, tell us a little bit about the song you just played, "Toys." I, I caught I, a line about um, anti-autonomy in there. Was, well, my ears I was. I want to go. Uh, uh,
1: you're, you're racing because I, I haven't been able to answer all your previous. Oh, sorry, but, <laughs> but um, I'll I'll do it succinctly because we do have some awesome Kenobi to talk For about, sure. which is. I've consciously never mentioned anything literal in in my Star Wars songs, as you know, and thanks for catching that Mm -hmm. because I want it to feel, I want the songs to feel like it puts the listener into their own Star Wars soundtrack of their own life experience. So I don't want them, I don't want to name other people and then have them Mm -hmm. think the song, you know, isn't about them. It's about other people from Star Wars, which would be boring to me. I mean, I write, I write, I write, stuff that i want i want people to connect to and feel personally myself even so but this time this song is about actually uh various groups in the world one being uh like a russian billionaire with the 2045 project who wants to transfer digital consciousness into uh transfer human consciousness into digital information by twenty four forty five and then i was thinking um with the A.I. used to create Luke in Star Wars, right. uh, potentially one day, you know, actors could be selling away their consciousness rights that instead of just an A.I. CGI version of Luke, we could actually have like a robot with <laughs> animal's consciousness
0: one day acting. In then you're scaring me. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just thought sure. well, maybe,
1: like one original thought, I've never heard anyone go there. But it seems yeah. to me like con- commerce always pushes where we go, right? So I mean, that's why we're using AI now to create young actors True. in Star Wars, which we'll talk about in this episode in terms yeah. of yeah. But I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I could see bigger egos going. I could see like Tom Cruise. Oh sure, citing <laughs> away <laughs> <with> consciousness.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which is this ironic thing, right? The bigger the ego, that you're signing away, basically your ability to re- represent yourself. Kind of this twisted way we, we think immortality comes through being having some some elements of ourselves detached from ourselves in perpetuity. It's
1: well, soon soon we're gonna have the ability to be immortal. This is what I'm talking about, right? And. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a classism thing, if only rich people are going to be able to do it, or who's going to be it's going to be available uh, for. But our consciousness is going to be transferred to digital information at some point. Also, and then live live forever. I mean, the Sumerian tablets that they have in in London that they found uh, uh, detailing the whole history of Sumerian kings. When you go back, the Sumerian kings lived up to like twenty thousand years. So maybe some advanced civilization had this knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, cataclysm but that's it's going yeah
0: on. I mean here's a, the kettle of fish because you know I mean I'm a, a Western judeo-christian you know our if our bodies die we die it's it's how that works oh well, yeah but there's a lot of
1: weird stuff in the Old Testament man.
0: that's true that is true the
1: watchers coming down and mating um, with the uh, human women and having giants as kids
0: yeah yeah that's true that is true there, there's some stuff that happened there so <laughs> Anyways, on that note, before we get into that kettle of fish, but, you know, the death and resurrection of the body and the immortality of the soul. <laughs> Let's talk about Kenobi. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be maybe more of a choice in the future. Yeah, no?
0: yeah. but maybe uh, again, we could right, go down this kettle about, of fish. So this is we, the type of things we talk about over over beer. Keep
1: <laughs> the <pop>. <laughs> So I'm just, yeah. you know, it's, it's one, it's, we have to think about it now that we're coming up with these technologies I mean, and we, we don't
0: do need to. Yeah. That, that is a fair point that we got to, uh, make an account for what does it mean when Robert Downey Jr. Comes up and he's pro- being portrayed as his younger self. I mean, the film, Iron, uh, infinity war itself does that. Is it infinity war I'm Thinking of the right film? Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Bit of a kettlefish that we could do, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hannah, like after dark episode, yes. This is this is how you know, you know, Hannah, you kind of kind of joined us over in, in celebration. Just gonna shout out there, and the race side when we went for that pizza place uh, in Anaheim. Kind of kind of stuff we gotta do. Yeah. Anyways. I, <laughs> I want. I, I,
1: I didn't know that Hannah. Uh, I just talked talked Hannah's head off for like an hour. I didn't know that she was having a hard time sleeping with the time.
0: Oh, Mathers, I did
1: and all that. So sorry, Hannah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hannah, you're if you, if probably how you doing with the jet lag and all that. Let us know. Anyways. Uh, the reason we gathered here today is to, to talk about this fantastic episode. Kenobi part five. Uh, I'm going to go maybe the next 45 minutes to an hour going and seeing where this conversation takes us. Uh, I, I don't have any notes or uh, if you have, I have a, I have a general idea of where I want to go, but, um, unlike usual episodes on monday night uh just open open in the conversation opening the flow again monday nights we do we joel and i do have some good flow but really going for it tonight um first of all i do want to get this out of the way though is the one little nitpick i had was um <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. speaking of reality and, and figment imagination and, and yes, no, we were we were actually at the pizza place, Anna. <laughs> We were actually eating and food. we were hanging yeah.
1: out with John and Paul from the Beatles, remember? Oh that too. <laughs> anyway, um
0: You know, John little
1: <laughs> we in the song is a
0: little diddly doodly doodly, doodly. <laughs> And then So the, the one, one little nitpick doodly about doodly this episode. Sorry about <laughs> You good? You good to go? Yeah, get good. <laughs> Friday night, guys. Friday night here in, in Eastern Time. Here. <laughs> no um, light,
1: this is a really off-the-wall episode. Okay, are yeah. so starting... You're focusing on the negative again, Matt.
0: No, I'm not. I want to get it out of the way. I want to okay. get this out of the way. The one I just nickname. had to throw in an Attack
1: of the Clones quote for you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Speaking
0: of Attack of the Clones. said so just before the Attack of the Clones... Is are the flashbacks, and we're going to talk talk about in a very short second how much we love the flashbacks. But uh, the first thing I wanted to get out of the way, and then we're going to talk about our overall impressions, and then get into some specifics. Uh, yeah, the, I, I wish they had aged Anakin a little bit um, in those flashbacks. But spoilers, by the way, for, for Kenobi. Just letting y'all know. Um, yeah, I, I you know it was it was great. It was fine. I mean, I loved seeing Hayden with the hair and everything. Clearly, it's 40-year-old it's Hayden Christensen playing 18, 19-year-old Anakin Skywalker. Um, but uh, it, given that they have the technology, I'm a little surprised that it would have been fine to use it for the short while that they did. I don't know, Din, what did you think of the lack of de-aging?
1: Well, um, I think why I've been claiming that Deborah Chow is currently the best director in Star Wars is just that uh, we're five episodes in to this, and it's so consistently tight. Mm-hmm. And there's not a moment in any of the episodes where I'm not feeling something. Right. And that's, um, you know, Picasso said art is only emotion, and so did George Lucas. And I think if any artist is able to consistently make you feel emotions that you're really enjoying, then they're doing a good job. And Deborah Chow has been doing that for for five episodes mm-hmm. without. Without air, without a break, and uh, you know. So when it comes to that training sequence with Hayden and Ewan, even though Hayden looked older, I was so caught up in the storytelling and the emotion of it that, on first viewing, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't, it like I, I felt such strong emotions that it was, wasn't an issue. On second viewing and third viewing, once you start reading about all the people complaining uh, on Twitter, <laughs> then you can't not think about it. And then I and then I saw uh, I saw someone posted a de-aged video where they de-aged Hayden themselves and it looked perfect. Yeah. So I wonder why Disney didn't do that because they've been doing that with everything else. And I can only think, and this is my hypothesis, is that you know. Ewan McGregor is executive producer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything, of course, because I don't work, work at Lucasfilm, but figuring into it everything Ewan has said over the last few decades, I I would bet money, I would bet rupees, that I would bet all my rupees, that Ewan saw, said, I'm only signing this contract if I get some kind of veto control mm-hmm. over... <laughs> That the performances right. and making sure what's on screen is what I approve. And I can see him not wanting any CGI or digital manipulation of the performances performances, whatever. Because that's the kind of thing that drove him nuts with the PT, just wanting to be free and lose as an actor. Mm-hmm. I could see I could see them both him and Hayden being sort of paranoid that if they gave these great acting performances that if they went and messed with the CGI and deaged them, that it could ruin the nuances and it could yeah so you do because one thing i have to say is when you watch those scenes with hayden his subtle acting his voice tone his movements his every little muscle he's doing on his face that's showing some kind of inner psychological story mm-hmm. um he's doing to perfection yeah. you know every little every little jab or every little thing that obi-wan says to him you can read Exactly what he's thinking on his face Mm -hmm. was such such a good level of craft and and visual precision in the way he's acting. That so I could see him just not wanting that mess with in terms of a computer. (laughs)
0: It's It's as if Hayden Christensen, guys, is a good actor. Just just throwing that out there. (laughs) He's he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. So yeah, I mean, both points that you make there. Go ahead
1: look at what he did with those small moments, you know, he's yeah. he, acting as mm-hmm. perfect in it. And like, really when you look at it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is something that we got from George, which is why Anakin's my favorite character is that mm-hmm. really like, there's no more, there's no other character in, in pop cinema other than maybe Wanda
0: mm-hmm.
1: from WandaVision in WandaVision that takes you on such a, a journey of inner psychology.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially in this episode, um, I mean, the not pre- just not general. the whole, yeah, the whole trilogy. Uh, That's you know,
1: the, of the prequels in this episode to me, which is really continuing that George Lucas yeah. psychological journey of the mm-hmm. of the hero's journey from from youth to adulthood yeah. and the trials and then the the pitfalls mm-hmm. that can happen psychologically yeah. in a kid and in right. Aiden still delivering that and and I, I'm sure that. <laughs> Ewan took on the 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 job as an executive producer, saying, "I'm I'm not doing this unless I can make sure we're both on screen looking the best we we can look."
0: So yeah, I mean, I can definitely see what you're saying there, and and I agree in terms of the nuance of Hayden's performance. Um, yeah, and you know, just the stipulation in Ewan's contract. You know, okay, he's compromising. I mean, well, the volume itself uh, is. I, mean, let's, right?
1: I just got to reiterate. Like, let's yeah. not talk like it is in his contract. I'm just taking a. Right. Oh yeah, I, just, I can it's yeah, possible, that if he yeah. would have bargaining power yeah. as Ewan to say, if I'm going to do this, I want like to yeah. and I want to make decisions and I want to <laughs> look a certain way.
0: Yeah. There. So yeah, I uh, I can see that possibly being the case. Um. Uh. Other, your, to your main point, I think your main point is is. Uh, and and similar to, to what Patrick's point here is, the the nuance of the performance. One thing I just thought of as we were talking about it, though, is that these flashbacks... So let's dive into the flashbacks first, because we're talking about them anyway. The, the flashbacks, they serve... They really are Vader remembering. And Vader, at this point, he's 10 years older. Uh, you know, he's definitely gone... He's gone through literally the fires of Mustafar. His body is all scarred up and all burned up. Uh yeah, he's he's definitely aged <laughs> um you know there, there I wonder if there's something maybe unintentional about uh, this visual clue of reminding us okay this is uh you know this this is Vader Anakin looking back but really it's it's in in his own mind 10 years later and how much he's been through and how much he's carried the the weight of the empire the weight of the dark side for these 10 years plus and Um, so I mean, just to to maybe move on from the question of de-aging, then uh let's talk about these flashbacks. You know, we we come in, we start the episode similar in the same training arena that the uh the first episode started in. There's another clue that Order 66 is coming, right? (laughs) a little bit, maybe a little bit. Um, but it's set much set a few years before. It's set before Attack of the Clones. Uh, they serve as these guideposts, in Vader's own interpretation of the story, but also in Obi Wan's interpretation or, or uh, prediction of what Vader is going to do and how how Vader hasn't risen above. Right? I think it made me def- They definitely made me think of the you know the contrast you know in, in Twin Suns between you know, have Obi Wan and Maul staring down at each other and how maul is stuck where he has been wanting revenge against obi-wan obi-wan of course this is his moment of moving on this whole series is going to be his moment of moving on and moving forward and rising above the defeat against above his defeat to anakin defeat to uh order 66 um and having to go into hiding uh, but it's well, i don't know you
1: defeated by anakin
0: well well in terms of the Jedi being being defeated and his family being taken and Obi-Wan's family being taken away and being having to be forced to go into exile. Oh my um, god, my brain is driving me nuts. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that. <laughs> that, that's too much light side there. <laughs> too much light side. Um, I think we need a bit de-aging there anyway. Um so yeah, yeah I mean I'm that's talking. I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> okay, so I mean I really appreciated the way way you used that. I mean, it also made me think of my favorite moments, especially in comic books. We think of Kieran Gillen's, uh, well, the crossover between Jason and Aaron and Kieran Gillen that I keep bringing up on this show because it's a beautiful moment where the first time we have uh, Vader set, this is set just after A New Hope, and he's flashing back to the moment Padme tells him she's pregnant. Uh, you, you have in the Greg Pak comics more recently. Greg Pak, sorry, more recently, uh, set during the time of that hack of the clones and Vader flashing back two moments with Anakin, we see it on screen, uh, and they they present it more literally than the comics do. But um, yeah, you know, I <laughs> yeah, it definitely um, it really added a color and a weight to this episode that uh, you know I mean because we thought think. The you know, the rest of the episode, a lot of it deals with Reva and the time of Revenge of the Sith. Um, there we go. You're looking a lot better there, Din. Um, the time, the time of Revenge of the Sith, uh, nice. Order sixty six and whatnot. Here we have. Um, there we even got the hat. There we go. Uh, here we have the, this episode marked by guide posted by this memory. It's not even a flashback because clearly, you know, a flashback. Is more for the audience. I mean, this is obviously also for the audience, but it's primarily serving as a memory for both Vader and 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 uh, and Obi Wan. And so, oh, um, what what did you think overall of the way the flashbacks function in in this episode?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I like it when Star Wars says something. Yes. Um. Okay as opposed to just saying the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard when you're dealing with these same characters that we've seen over and over again. But um, given that, they've managed to add a lot of uh, layer and nuance onto the relationship of Anakin and Obi-Wan that we haven't seen before. And that's kind of mind-blowing. Like, to to have this new layer shown of, we've got what was brilliant about the PT was that you had the inner, an inner soul being corrupted and then falling. Uh, And that was, um, and then on the, that was micro. And then on the macro level, the soul of a, a galactic republic being corrupted on the inside and then falling. And what you have here with these flashback scenes is you have this micro sort of thing again with Anakin and Obi-Wan, where it's showing how Anakin's going to lose this fight and it's a given mm-hmm. because he is preoccupied with the need to win, which you don't learn until the end, mm-hmm. but you, you get hints of at the beginning, which which is, you know, he, he says you're going to lose master or something like that First, you know that's why you're going to lose master and um and then so this is really kind of star wars making me being like J.R. tolkien used the word he does did, he didn't like um he didn't he he liked the word applicable he didn't like um like the Relatable. one kind of what's the word for that i'm, I'm trying I'm to uh
0: trying. i mean not relatable, but
1: um, no, not relatable. Um, it'll it'll come to me later. It'll come to me later. I'll just drop it. Um, I mean
0: literal, maybe, is what you're talking about.
1: No, not literal. Okay, literal is like a synonym. But um, okay. so yeah, on this macro, micro level, so you mm-hmm. have this kind of comment going on about our world, which is so, you know, with the, the the word winning, you know, whether it's Trump or whether it's uh, Charlie Sheen or whether it's mm. sports or whatever, we're all obsessed with winning.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, A society of winners is a society of losers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where there are winners, there are losers. And so we all have to win together. But um, this is kind of what Obi-Wan is getting at. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then so that relates to this ma- mi- micro lesson is relating to this ma- macro bigger battle that mm-hmm is now this is so cool because Obi-Wan's general Kenobi again. He starts giving orders.
0: It's true, know? yeah. I realized that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: to he's gonna do that. We're gonna <laughs> you know uh we're gonna defend we're gonna defend ourselves like this because you know Vader is uh Vader won't attack he's <laughs> not patient enough for a siege and how that's that macro battle is mirroring the micro thing of Anakin not being patient enough to win the To win the fight with Obi Wan, where he's just Mm -hmm. going to go in for the attack with the need to win. So, Star Wars saying something again. That's really brilliant writing, which is so George, about the macro, the micro, and macro with Anakin and the Republic happening here with Anakin and then Obi Wan, Mm -hmm. the battle. Yeah,
0: I mean Star
1: Wars, right there.
0: Sure. I mean, I go as far to say it it isn't just relating to or, or whatnot. I mean, Vader is stuck in this moment as this petulant teenager who. Needs to prove himself and needs to win. Uh, the Empire, yeah, Well, the Sith like, are founded on this. So go ahead. I mean,
1: we're all. I mean, our whole bloody yes. society is stuck in mm-hmm. that. We're all we're primitive children.
0: I mean, you know, the Empire is always supposed to be a reflection on us, right? It's not this, uh, this other, you know, you know, the, the, this regime in a galaxy far, far away. Unlike say Star Trek with the Klingons, where these people on the other side of the world, uh, the Empire, we were always the Empire, <laughs> and, and yeah, it, the, this Empire that's stuck in this system of having to win, or you know, you know the Tarkin Doctrine, taking the, the Death Star or nuclear, which is you know this allegory for nuclear weaponry and whatnot, um, and I mean the economic parallel as well, right? You know, well, it's everything. Uh, I mean, it's everything. We, yeah,
1: we get you know. We mm-hmm. give way too much money to athletes who win right. and nothing to people like doctors and nurses and teachers who, mm-hmm. who are actually really building the world that needs to be built. Right.
0: So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, definitely great points there. I mean, um, yeah, I'm trying to get back on track. So, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Because that's, oh, look, my lighting's improving every time. There we, we go.
0: There we go. Here we go. Um,
1: that's why this is real Star Wars to me because it's mm-hmm. it's making us think that way and it's uh, it's saying something.
0: Yeah, um, I mean that. I mean that's that moment, the moment of moments uh, on on the high ground at Mustafar, right? That it, that's where it also also comes to a head, uh, in, at least in some ways, in terms of the personal. In this case, the personal and the cosmic. Right? The, you're my brother, Anakin. I love you. I hate you. Uh, you're supposed to be the chosen one. The cosmic bringing the force to balance, which I mean, you could interpret that in different ways, uh, politically or socially or cosmically. I think they all come just, together. but
1: The only thing that's important in this discussion, fan, fans get caught up in that, in the canon of it. Oh, sure. It's just yeah. Made up.
0: yeah, no, I mean, uh, what, what I'm getting at there is... is
1: if, if a person can... Every person is a chosen one just because they're born and they're... Sure they're chosen with the journey of balancing themselves.
0: So, I mean, what I mean is uh, operating on those multiple levels, on the the micro and the macro. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, just, again, I mean, mean, you can even make the the gender comment here. I mean, there's very much, like, the the male macho, always got to prove yourself, always got to get ahead. Obviously, it's not exclusive to men. But, uh, you know, there is, I mean, this culture of, uh, one-upmanship and, and gamesmanship and yeah I mean the thing you said is Obi-Wan he's still General Kenobi making orders but he's doing it to actually save people and protect people and help them you know escape literally save their lives so um, yeah the, there's that distinction uh, one thing I do want to say though is you know, the brilliance of this and the brilliance of you mentioned uh, you know, moving the story along in a new light with the same characters. And yet uh, one of the, I think the the most brilliant part of this episode, especially is the way it does it through the eyes of a brand new character that we haven't seen in any other story before. She's new to the story. I'm talking about Reba. Uh, You know, the, you know, the, the whole relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin and Vader. We literally see through her eyes. We see the guy that looks like hitting Christensen, uh, but is actually Darth Vader, not that the two are necessarily different. Um, you know, coming down the hallway in uh, Order 66 and, and you know, bringing that darkness and that destruction. Uh, what do you think of what we maybe speculated, but, but the way, uh, I mean, first of all, Moses Ingram's brilliant performance, but also Reva's character and the way uh, through Reva's experience shines a light on who Anakin Vader is and who Kenobi can be
1: hmm.
0: what's the question uh, sorry <laughs> what did you think of the way uh, Reva and her character her experience uh, puts a new shines a new light, sheds a new angle on uh, on Anakin and Vader and, uh, and the, this macro-micro dynamic that we've been talking about
1: uh i think it really just there's two forces right there's three forces in the prequels which is (laughs) the jedi and the sith um there's there's you kind of have basically you have three you basically have the point of view, the point of view we see in everything is sort of the greater, the bigger players in everything. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Anakin and Obi Wan or Prime, you know, Jedi Council members like Yoda or Mace Windu, um, or uh, mm-hmm. or Obi You know, you see Chancellor. You get Palpatine's point of view in the scenes with him, and mm-hmm. and uh, especially when in the scenes where we we get. To be really in on it, you know, if he's meeting clandestinely with Dooku or Maul, we get
0: mm-hmm.
1: his point of view. We get the po- politicians' point of view, like Padme, Bail Organa, and then right. what, what we don't get is sort of, um, and it did it in the Clone Wars and in, in Rebels more with the galaxy, but this is giving us the Younglings' point of view, right? And we got a little bit of that with Grogu, but more just hints. This goes mm-hmm. in, into it with very satisfying depth into into Reva's or Reva's character. So we get her point of view, which is which is something we only we can only be told in in the movies for a few seconds. So like in Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin comes into the Council Chamber and he he sees the Younglings and they think he's there to help them, but. Mm-hmm. He terrifies them in shock by lighting up his lightsaber. We actually get one shot where we sort of see their point of view. Mm -hmm. We don't even... Yeah, we do a
0: little bit, yeah.
1: This is literally, we're getting shots from Reva's point of view. Like, Mm -hmm. like, literally, that word is overused. But we see the shot of her looking at Anakin Anakin coming towards her. So I think that takes us inside, that helps to take us inside and her journey of about what the Jedi's failure meant mm-hmm. to her and, and the young ones. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Like when she asks Obi-Wan and it's so superbly acted, her her acting been so subtle in the way she's like changing and surprising us with mm-hmm. motives. Uh, even in the episode before with the way she was interrogating Leia and getting frustrated. Right. She's acting. She should be getting. So much-
0: <laughs> yes.
1: But Because what she did in that, in that exchange with Obi-Wan, too, when she reveals that she's trying to kill uh, mm-hmm. Anakin, like, and there's this tenderness in her and this, uh, this sensitivity and this brokenness. That... Mm-hmm. I was thinking today about how much Obi-Wan reminds me of my activist friend, James Loney, Interesting. He was the one who was abducted on the front lines helping people in Iraq by terrorists for 118 days. Hmm. He's like, and he was the director of that organization that was asked to go there. I feel like he's like the, my real life Obi Wan Kenobi. And-
0: Interesting. <laughs> he
1: once said to me, "The only place we can meet each other, like people, is in our brokenness." Hmm. He stuck with me. But the the real relationships you have are not like they're not like uh, the ones they're not like uh, what was me and you're bonding over your misery <laughs> sure. with someone, but like when you get to know some with someone where they're really broken and or they really were broken at one point that's really when you connect with someone and uh that really happened beautifully with with him and reva
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean he connected with her i'm not sure if she connected she didn't connect, sure but that's the problem why she's sort of on that sith path mm-hmm you know so like i sort of imagined if she killed vader that she'd want to be a sith um right. but uh yeah so she really um uh, she really put me away with that that acting mm-hmm. she portrayed that brokenness of having watched Anakin come to and her and then like any kid would just feel like yeah i mean when you're a kid right you know that mm-hmm. things wrong it's just you think your parents can fix it or, or protect you or solve anything and that's part of like the growing up psychologically of, of our process into adulthood where we start to realize that mm-hmm. we have the world in our parents can't always save us but she didn't have that natural process of mm-hmm. going out as a teenager to adulthood she had that happen which is young one. so
0: mm-hmm. never thought that before yeah and i mean that really profound thought about your the, that ex- exchange of brokenness and brokenness because of course obi-wan Himself is also still broken, even after ten years. Uh, after Order sixty six, uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree. You know, he connects with her. He he doesn't say anything,
1: right? What's he gonna say? Oh, I was fighting, True. and I've thought about this. Yeah, what might be going through his mind is that, wow, if I just stayed at the temple, if 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 everyone just stayed and hung out with Anakin and just yeah. sort of. To him, <laughs> and just like sat with them about what, what you know, and just kind of didn't have mm-hmm. to do all these things that were really just traps laid by Palpatine mm-hmm. to get you away from to get uh, <laughs> to get uh, Obi Wan away from Anakin. If he just stayed around, mm-hmm. everything would have been fine, probably.
0: Yeah, the, the to actually listen to him feelings, to connect in the brokenness, and I think. Obi-Wan tried to do that, but he did it through the stern... Sorry. (coughs) Sorry, guys. The stern lessons, the stern techniques of the Order, which I understand. I mean, uh, we see that. And this brings us back to the Vader memories, slash flashbacks, slash memories, right? Vader doesn't remember those lessons as uh, the lesson to overcome his need for victory or his need to win, need to prove himself. Vader remembers those as... Oh, this this uh, you know, curmudgeonly old master trying to beat down and always trying to prove himself against me, and uh, you know there wasn't this opportunity to connect, and I mean it made me think a little bit about the conversations we had when you know we have Grogu before Luke, and it's very different context, different setting, and and I you know, but I, I mean I'm your our conversations about that help me actually understand where Obi-Wan's coming from in this right so to to back up here with in the Mandalorian sorry book of boba fett but it's the Mandalorian/clone slash wars episode in the book of boba fett where Luke presents Grogu with a choice and that you know that moment where Grogu is free to actually express what he wants to do and how but but it's a very stark choice it's a very seems like a very stern choice and what we we're wondering what is Luke doing uh, it makes me think. You know, this moment with with Obi Wan, it makes it does make me think. Okay, this could go two ways with Anakin. It could go. He could actually stop and listen himself, and connect in the cracks. i think you know, I think it's the Leonard Cohen song, "Cracks Are Where the Light Shines Through." When they're
1: sparring in the Jedi Temple.
0: I think so. I think it, it is an opportunity for Anakin to to admit. Okay, yes, this is possibility for for, yeah, us to, for me to be ever, vulnerable learn that lesson right and that's my point is is it goes the other way he does he goes to uh the other father figure who he doesn't really challenge him but at least he, he butters him up and tells him what he wants to hear that you can win you can overcome you you've proven yourself to me the of course the the tragic irony is uh then he gets caught in the system of the Sith where you always have to prove yourself. You well, always have to yeah. prove your loyalty.
1: That's We haven't seen that yet, though. So that's the really fascinating thing about what's going to happen in the next episode, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's, right? Yeah. So good.
1: Because they, they have such a good... They've just built this perfectly. Mm-hmm. You're you're, what you're talking about is leading right into what, what will be the whole point of the next episode. Yeah. Because what's the lesson for Vader? So he says, in a new quote,
0: mm.
1: when I left you, I was but the learner. Last right. time, I, met, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Mm-hmm. So right. so there's a lesson for him to learn. And I think we're, what we're going to see happen in the next episode Mm-hmm. something with palpatine saying you're still a learner yeah and you're not a math like you're not a master Sith yet something like that. i do something not
0: give you the rank of master <laughs> you know like i mean it stings in his soul
1: yeah no there's going to be mm-hmm. he's he's a he's a sith acolyte maybe still yeah not a Sith Master. It would be cool if they came up with, like, if if Akla, if, if there's some terms for levels of yeah. Sith.
0: I mean, there's the apprentice and the Master, but...
1: Yeah. But they have an opportunity here to add something mm-hmm. with this lesson that they're building up that Anakin yeah. has never learned, but now mm-hmm. his teacher. His teacher is no longer Obi-Wan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If his teacher was still Obi-Wan, he would have done a siege on them, and he wouldn't have attacked. He would have used patience. He would have... <laughs> You would have thought it through. So what's the lesson going to be with Palpatine in the next episode? And and how is that going to comment on the line
0: mm-hmm.
1: when, you know, I was but the learner, now I am the master.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, what does it mean for Anakin or Vader to think he's Obi-Wan's master? Um, maybe, but maybe he, all he thinks in those terms is I'm physically stronger than you. I'm better at like zebra comet than you i have this massive legion in this massive star destroyer um it i it could be in those terms is what i you know i'm wondering because i mean here's the ion canon we have versions of these interactions in comics and novels where again Darth sidious has perpetually locked vader in this master apprentice dynamic where the apprentice always has to prove his loyalty and and improve himself, improve his ability to win. Yeah, but in, Revenge of, the
1: Sith, he's the, in the Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas, mm-hmm. he says Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of us. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean physical. That could be mental. That mm-hmm. could be cunning. Like, mm-hmm. what I could see happening in the next episode is that Palpatine would be like, you're still too much Anakin. You're still too impetuous. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn how how to win... Then you have to learn how to do things slowly and methodically, yeah. and like I did. Right. Yeah. yeah so okay. Basically, be like you're still you're still a padawan. You're a Sith padawan. So this mm-hmm. is your, your next training will be. I don't know. There's just such yeah. a great opportunity in the in the next episode, and then to and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: obviously have that mirror somehow what Qui Gon is going to do with with uh, with Obi Wan and what mm-hmm. lessons for him and what guidance. So I think I'm just betting on Pal- both Palpatine and Qui Gon being in the next episode, mm-hmm. and the thing being the lessons to each of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do see what you mean in terms of. I mean, yeah, later Darth Vader, he does have the patience. He does have the the ability to to sit back. I mean, even I think in, in Empire Strikes Back with everything, or sorry, Return of the Jedi. Well, no, Empire Strikes Back too. Everything on Bespin, on Cloud City. Uh, the plot to trap Luke in everything on Endor with Return of the Jedi a little bit. Uh, and he gets the track patient.
1: lesson from Reva.
0: Yeah, so... Um,
1: like letting letting the Millennium Falcon go with uh, with the tracking device.
0: You yeah. Know,
1: you've taken an awful risk, Lord Vader. This had better work. Yeah. So
0: he So, yeah. so yeah, I can definitely see see that being the case. Um I mean, the 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 sad here's the still the tragedy though is we're talking about military strategic lesson, not personal character slash, your commitment to the well-being of the galaxy lesson, and you know they're they're, they're they're related, they're interchangeable, yeah.
1: they're inter- you know they're interchangeable. Yeah. You just use it's do you use the uh, the the turtle wins the race right? So mm-hmm.
2: do you use are...
1: that do you use that for bad. Same, still the same thing.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I think, in those, uh, in those memories, at least from Obi Wan's perspective, and maybe especially say from Qui Gon's perspective, uh, Obi Wan is hoping Anakin learns the character lesson, as well as the tactic strategy lesson, right? I mean, there, there's the personal dimension of your, your need to prove yourself, you need to win if you don't need to prove yourself, if you don't need to win, then maybe you'll be able to give yourself over. Uh, I mean, in a better way of saying, you know, not always showing up your own autonomy, Uh, learning to serve the light. I mean, I think of this, this other influence of Anakin. That's on my shirt here. Um, You know, she definitely oddly enough from Anakin and from Obi-Wan and from everyone learns the character lesson of, I don't need to prove myself. I don't need to be part of this order to win or to you know to uh you know to or I don't need to I don't need to win. I can need to go off and, and find my path, I think of of Rose Tico. You know, this is how we win, not by hitting what we love, not by killing what we hate, but saving what we love. So Yeah, yeah really I,
1: just synonyms for separate separation or unity. Mm-hmm. Could be right. just a synonym for separation. It, it's or dominion or dominate. It's, Domination, either, yeah. it's either you want to dominate and have power over, mm-hmm. or you want to coexist and have power. You dominate and have power over. That's the mm-hmm. empire underfoot, you know, the adats and the Star destroyers and the Death Star, all, all, obviously dominating everything underneath them, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you want to coexist and have So dominate and power over or coexist and power with. (laughs) So this need to win on a personal level is actually very often, more often than not, based on the need to dominate and have power over.
0: And, I mean, I'll add, I think often comes from a feeling, and this is what I mean by being locked into this cycle, a feeling of being dominated and subjugated and, you could take that both ways, right? You could take that as, I'm going to work for justice and fairness and truth for everyone, or I'm going to use the same tools and same weapons of the oppressor against them and become the oppressor myself. I mean, that's the the irony, you know, it, that these scenes are in the Jedi Temple. I mean, another image of something standing on top of Flattening is the Jedi Temple, right? They, they're, they're these literal ivory towers that rise above everyone. And yeah, that that's was- yeah, it was George Lucas's intention and and that's again the lesson that Anakin sees you know he's he's from my point of view the Jedi are evil you know um, so you know, in the lesson that he still holds right he's still seeking revenge again I do get your point that the, the likelihood is he'll actually at least learn the tactical lesson I mean I think I want a character that does complicate the two. I just, it
1: just, it's it's not, a, it's not a different thing. It's either you have patience for the, the tactical journey of dealing with your own, emotion, your own emotional life.
0: Yeah, okay. I see you're what you're
1: figuring that out step by mm-hmm. step about how you're going to gain control of that mm-hmm. and not have it control you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it would just then make sense. That if someone's able to do that with themselves, mm-hmm. then then say, oh, like, this is actually what is talked about in the art of war, what Buddha's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, Buddha says, you know, it's, it's basic, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase here, like, it means nothing if you rule the world, if you can't rule yourself. And probably if you can't rule yourself, you won't actually be able to rule the world. Mm-hmm. So someone who is able to rule themselves in their own emotional journey, which is the whole point of really what George is trying to say with Star Wars, is that if then you can do that, then you could be a Jedi master, like Obi-Wan says to Anakin, not a Padawan. Hmm. Because instead of the emotions controlling you, you're controlling them. Then you control your actions as a Jedi. Then you can control things for the better of the common good as... Hmm. Master or a general or a political leader, yeah. It all starts with the personal, and if you can't do the personal, you can't do anything else. So, what's interesting mm-hmm. is, is that mm-hmm. you can sort of be- get good at controlling, you know, your emotions and, and you know, the tactical inner life as a mm-hmm. Sith. Yeah, but there'll always be weaknesses embedded in that because because even if even if you've gotten um some sort of internal life figured out like palpatine where you can mm-hmm. become purple, you're still oh you're not connected with everyone else because you've separated yourself from everyone else right. so that would be your undoing
0: mm-hmm. okay right. i think i see i mean the three it, way three things that are getting me into what you're saying is first of all uh you know, the quote, well, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? And I think I know someone who said that. Um, the yeah. second thing is, you know, what I was going to say, you know, the character that complicates that. The distinction I was making, the character that complicates that for me is Thrawn. Both in, in novels and on screen, right? He is serving the Empire. He is lowering the boots. But he is very clearly, on the one hand, he's very clearly... Internally regulated is maybe the kind of the Western psychological way we're talking about it. Very patient, leads to respect, um, but you know is, is is serving the empire, and yet uh, you look at the the more recent Timothy Zahn novels. Uh, we're not sure if he's the if he's really an antagonist or he's actually he has his own heroic arc as well, serving the greater good as as the second novel talks about. So uh, yeah, Thrawn, and so. Uh, that that is part of my way. My 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 last thing to say there is, I mean, where all this is going. Where spoiler for on Monday night, we're going to talk about Mike Chen's Brotherhood, where that novel is going, where everything is going. Where's the moment? What is the moment where Anakin Skywalker becomes a Jedi Master, where he is the most internally regulated and is able to uh, affect the greatest good for the greatest number of people, is when he returns. When his son is being electrocuted by his former master, and he's able to defeat the emperor and sacrifice his own life, um, respond in that moment. So, okay, I get what you're saying. If we see this whole trajectory from the kid on Tatooine to the Jedi master, I'm going to call him master then on the de- on Second Death Star. You know, there are all these waypoints and tragedies in between, but. We do know he eventually gets there. Yeah.
1: yeah well, I just, um, I just think, in the clearest sense, the clearest sense, the clearest sense uh, I think you can master yourself, and you can master the art of war, mm-hmm. master the art of governance. Um, but if you philosophically do that from a place of separation, mm-hmm. that even if you're cunning like a Thrawn or a Palpatine, because Everything you do and have set up mm-hmm. is based on pissing everyone off because you've separated. Yeah, You haven't included them in power. You haven't considered their needs. Mm-hmm. You've donated them. You've killed them. You've committed genocides, whatever. You're not feeding them. You're not taking care of the roads, Blah blah, 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 because you don't care about them because your separation mentality, then that's just going to come back to you eventually. Mm-hmm someone's going to say enough is enough. And that's what happens with people like Palpatine or, <laughs> or Napoleon or, you know, anyone. So true. another real world example that I just, because it was this really interesting line of thought. I'll give you um, a real world example <laughs> so that it makes sense and not just, uh, not just in theory. True. But in World War II, um, the Germans had about <laughs> Rommel.
0: Yeah, a little bit, yeah.
1: So, so our sort of most famous general was Patton, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Germany's was, was Rommel, and they were actually both really huge fans of each other. <laughs> they both admired how, fan is a, is a weird word, but because you're talking about Nazi Germany here, but we're talking yeah. about two generals who um, understood the greatness of the other general, and mm-hmm. uh, is is that luckily luckily um Hitler wouldn't listen to Rommel. Rommel was like Thrawn. Ron was really Rommel was really cunning, really smart, wrote mm-hmm. books that Patton studied. That's why Patton was able to fight him well in, in Africa and on the charge of Germany mm-hmm. into Europe from Africa. Um you gotta see the movie Patton if you haven't seen it. Yeah. That's with George C. Scott. Mm-hmm. So luckily, you know, if Hitler listened to Rommel, it would be like, you know, if, if Palpatine or Vader or some someone listened to Thrawn, mm-hmm. smart, then things might have actually gone a lot worse for us. So luckily, Hitler was more like the Vader and impetuous mm-hmm. and because he was like, I'm actually not being theoretical here. Well, sure,
0: you this know? is George Lucas's own ideas, right?
1: And- yeah. He was told not to divide his army to invade Russia by people like Rommel. Um, and that's because, and that we can, you know, no one had ever been able to invade Russia mm-hmm. successfully. And because Hitler did that, he basically lost the war.
0: Right. Yeah. And in the Star Wars parallel there, Thrawn clearly disagreed with the Death Star. Uh, he could definitely see why this would be a bad idea. And note Tarkin was was the guy from day one I'm gonna go with Tarkin Tarkin gives this illusion of power the illusion of greatness and victory of domination uh, clearly being the wrong strategy um, but you know the you know the power to destroy a planet and it's yeah it, it definitely gets at what you're saying of that getting the integration that will always come back to you as you said of uh, even if you are well regulated, If you're what you're doing is evil, it'll come back to you. Even if, I mean, here's the thing with, you know, think of Anakin and the clone wars, for example, or you think of, uh, maybe even, even children who are still learning and growing and, and not fully emotionally regulated. Uh, there is the process. There is the process of growth that learning to integrate their emotions into a more reasoned adult decision-making process, um, That'll come back to them as the source, like we were saying, the the, the cracks, the brokenness, this come, comes full circle here, right? The brokenness and our vulnerability that you know, we hope to see with Reba, that I do think we do end up seeing with Obi-Wan. We see, I think, with Luke and Leia in their own ways, and with Ray and definitely with Padme. Uh, the ways, I mean, vulnerability is the way of of fusing our oneness, to, to use your terms in. The way we actually bond mm-hmm. with each other, even as adults, I but think about this a lot, right? Even using Star sort of, Wars terms. Well, sure. I mean, but I mean, the thing is, to be an adult, we, you know, our culture has fed us this lie that to be an adult is to be independent, to be an adult is to have everything figured out and sorted out and all together that you don't need anybody's help. And thankfully, I think we're starting to unlearn that. To yeah, be that's an a good adult. Point. To be an adult is. To be honest and real about our vulnerabilities and to be to be available for others in theirs and to receive their availability to us and um star wars at its best you know ray i think of ray at the end of the last jedi on the falcon uh her found family now we have all we need and uh, uh to see see that come back even you know in, in shadow side in this episode um and throughout star wars yeah is a profound point so yeah
1: i mean it's just it's just such a great opportunity now to to set up what the you know um if if people think it's a canon problem because vader said when i left you i was but the learner now i'm the master it's just such a perfect opportunity to show that he's Mm -hmm. losing to obi-wan again because there's a lesson he needs to learn from palpatine that he hasn't learned yet about patience Mm-hmm.
0: On yeah. The dark side. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good building on on jo- discussion that Joel and I had on Monday about how Obi Wan can eh, not worrying about it. Um, interesting enough, you have that poster behind you there of what may or may not be this final confrontation on the sands of Tatooine. We'll see. Um, oh yeah, if they're heading back there, right? Yeah. So. Who knows? I mean no,
1: that, could, that could be it looks more like gravel. That could be okay. where they were in that episode three.
0: That that's possible too. Yeah.
1: The shot yeah. was sort of framed like that too when Vader yeah. lights up his and Kenobi was under his arm.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Okay, fair enough. I haven't looked at but it. But basically
1: anything. we have to see to to line up with the new hope in the next episode, we mm-hmm. have to see Anakin, we have to see Obi-Wan come to the conclusion that there's no good in Anakin, right. that he's twisted and evil, more machine than man. We have to see him uh, totally give up on Anakin. And we have to see some kind of reference to Padme's words. There's still good in him. and mm-hmm. to come, He's got to come to the conclusion that there isn't so right. that he can send Luke off to fight him. And, uh, and he's got to totally kick Vader's butt again.
0: yeah maybe i mean
1: because the last time we met like the the implication is is that obi-wan kicked his butt yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and the great thing is there's so much last jedi like i keep saying deborah chow is the best director in star wars and and maybe it's equally with Mm -hmm. ryan johnson because i think Mm -hmm. so much of this series owes a lot to the last jedi yeah but even this he's going into the fight without his saber you know just like Fighting without fighting like Luke at the end of Last right. Jedi. Like it's just the proposition of what's gonna happen with him and Vader now with no like us. I have no idea what they're gonna do, but it's yeah. exciting.
0: I mean, I think he did get his saber back from um Kabun character, but yeah. You know, no, but right.
1: he gives it when he has to surrender, he gives the Oh yeah. He gives up his saber mm-hmm. and then and then, um, what's his name? Ice Cube's son. What's his name?
0: Uh, yeah, I forget. Great I forget. job
1: playing Ice Cube in the movie.
0: Not uh, our buddy Jordan. Straight out, of, unfortunately, but <laughs> that's Go see
1: Straight Out of Compton with with him yeah. playing his father, Ice Cube, uh, in yeah. the movie about um, NWA. Anyway, um, he gives the saber to him, and then and then Ice Cube is like, uh, Ice Cube's son is like, how are you gonna? fight without a saber and then Obi-Wan says there are ways to fight without a weapon yeah. or something yeah. like that
0: so yeah okay fair enough I mean either way yeah that we can see just like in the, the memory right um, you know similar-ish to again thinking about twin sons right I think I mean, you know it, we aren't going to be seeing all thankfully that story has been written but yeah, I'd I like mean, to
1: see it from another point of view, though. That would be
0: that would cool be cool. Actually, be, yeah, um, that'd be cool. It'd be fun. I don't know if we need it, but what we do No, we don't need it—is it. is a similar thing. Yes, Obi Wan uses a flicker of violence with 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 Maul, but it isn't. It's just a flicker. It's not any sort of prolonged, gratuitous gash or anything. Um, I don't know if there's some sort of similar. Uh, Oh. Reference to that in in this fight coming up or with this confrontation coming up, um, but we'll see.
1: I think there's violence done with violence and then violence done without violence. Yeah, what Obi Wan's doing in that scene is the most pure form of I'm just defending a little boy.
0: True. I mean that's that's the thing. You know that's again what we've talked about with with Luke at the end of Mandalorian season two, uh, mm-hmm. trying to keep things together, versus Luke at the end of the Last Jedi where. He, you know, he effectively gives up his life. Um, so, yeah, lots of lots of threads, lots of connections. Uh, before we go, we're running short on time here. I'm going to do the dumb thing of give this this episode a rating of 9.99 out of 10. <laughs> 9.99 repeating. <laughs> um, I, you don't need to rank this if you don't want to. We never we never do that. No, no, I'll rank, I'll rank it seriously this time. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to give it the, i mean for the same look for the first viewing i'm giving it 11 out of 10.
0: <laughs> so your amp is kind of
1: <laughs> yeah this amp goes to 11. yeah on second viewing then you know and that's all that really matters too is mm-hmm. how you feel it the first time
0: yeah
1: you know i there was no i didn't care that first time it just se- seems sort of like either this is vader's memory and he's seeing himself a little older because he's older or yeah. it's just because the cameras are better now and and not the old 1080p one that george yeah. used and is picking up uh, um, more thoughts made in space yeah. i just went for it it didn't matter until people yeah. started to comment on it so then then that made me realize okay 9.999 out of 10 they could have de-aged him to look a little younger yeah. but who like I kind of want that too because it's like, yeah. well, it's they true. could do. There's 40 unproduced episodes of the Clone War, animated the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. like limited Clone Wars series with some of those stories with live action. Ewan and Hayden, who, who doesn't stories, want though. that? Yeah, with them dh aged you know?
0: Yeah. Patrick gives it a ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's legit. 10, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I see these takes, and people are, are allowed to have, the other takes. People are allowed to have their opinion. I mean, you've kind of won me over on on the even the de aging. It's both. It's it's kind of Schrodinger's thing. I I would like the de aging. Don't need the de aging. Nine point nine repeating. <laughs> it's just one. It's just once people put that thought in your yeah. like.
1: That's why I actually like posted on. I watched a video by those new rock star guys on something. Yeah, Any. And I love Eric. He's always he's very insightful and very mm-hmm. fun, you know. And you're always when you watch something with yeah. him, you, you're getting new info. And he's he has like some deep thoughts about what things mean too, which are really good and they're mm-hmm. they're great. But every once in a while he's gotta point out like I hate it when people point out and like look, there's a garbage can in that shop. <laughs> like just don't tell me and for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. for the rest of my life like i get it you're a nerd and you're smart and you caught <laughs> something that's not that shouldn't be there yeah. okay but <laughs> to now i'm not gonna <laughs> miss it. To
0: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah like because once someone points it out then you can't not yeah. see it
0: yeah so to get to so your why do point. people point
1: out the flaws you know so you just go online and everyone yeah. complaining about dh danican and then it's like yeah. then you start to think about it but if yeah, they didn't i probably cool. wouldn't care so much
0: that's right. I mean, you this conversation has helped me care less about it frankly because your point your point was right. The moment you see it and your the emotional impact of it was always there anyway.
1: Art is only emotion. So it does its job yeah. its first and it's I don't know right. how you can't be completely blown away but like that is so authentic Star Wars like all this stuff we great. talked about about the internal yeah. journey and the exterior battles how that yeah. mirrors the PT and that is so authentically George yeah. Lucas but in a new fresh way. Mm-hmm. And my God, Deborah Chow and and the writing, like, I think you and McGregor must have, like, he always was talking about every time there was a rewrite, he's like, oh, we just want to get the script right. That means as an executive producer, he was like, nope, we're rewriting until we get this right so I can act it well. And like, what a great job. So the only thing, other thing I could say is that I've, I just, as I've been saying all, all along, is that. We can use some designs that aren't just desert or rock planets. This know? is true. So, yeah. we got the city, and we got some Coruscant shots, which are great. But mm-hmm. going forward, I, I, I'm still going to need more new locations in Star Wars. Yeah. Imaginative, imaginative ones.
0: Just uh, just you know, book off Galaxy's Edge for for a night and say, yeah, we're going to Batuu, for real. That, was, that place is magical. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. On that note. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to go. You need to go next time. Sometime we'll 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 figure out a trip down to Florida or something. We'll figure that. out. Oh, we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. We'll. Be. Well, yeah. You'll definitely be back to Anaheim. That's true too. Fair enough. Okay. On that note, for Florida. Uh, I mean, we'll
1: be back for a celebration at some
0: point. Yeah, that's true. That is true too. So, on that note, Din, thank you so much for joining us, joining me on this great discussion, great conversation. I kind of had a sense it would go in these directions, but uh, still what it does. I'm I'm very glad and satisfied and full in in a in a in like a good meal kind of sense. So oh, thanks that's again great. for joining me. Um uh, definitely come on the pod anytime you can, anytime you're available. Slash if there, you know, if there's content you want to talk about or you know that we happen to be talking about, uh, feel free to pop in. Where can they find you? Where can they get the album? And uh where can they follow you?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on as well, because I just, as you know, I I messaged you because I just really, really wanted to talk about this episode with someone who loves the PT, you know, because as an, uh, you know, I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater as an OT generation uh, Gen Xer. It's still the most exciting thing for me to see PT stuff in this new era, you know, because I just always felt like there is. Even though I think that Revenge of the Sith is the greatest work of modern art and the Clone Wars was awesome. I just feel like that whole world building and everything George built in that era mm-hmm. still only hinted at everything that could come True. after. That's that's born from all that world building. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get it, which is great. So and then, uh, you know, F105 musiccom And then uh, from there, you can get the Apple Music or Spotify Listen links, uh, video, live updates, Um, continuing my tour dates this summer with some Ontario stuff in Toronto and Sudbury and Thunder Bay. Uh, And then you can see some videos of all the stuff I did in Anaheim and then also Los Angeles. And uh, the handle for all the social networks, including uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is at F105Music.
0: Yes. No dash in there. I think it's just at F one o five music.
1: Yep. No Too dash.
0: Much. Okay. Just to <laughs> clarify that. Yeah, you can follow me at NEUg forty five on Twitter. And NEUg eleven thirty eight on Instagram. Again, probably more 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 soccer and Star Trek over there, but you know, uh, that's what I'm into as well. Uh, you can follow us, Joel, and me on Twitter and Instagram at Ion Cannon Pod. Check us out every Monday at. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. As mentioned, we were talking about Mike Chen's Brotherhood, giving our review about that, and a bit of High Republic news to to pass along to you as well and get Joel's take on this Kenobi episode as well. Uh, That ought to do it. Thanks again, Din. Uh, You're right, Deborah Chow. She gets the prequels. We love it. Looking forward. Can't wait till Wednesday. Cheers.